so glad. I was just excited today when I was thinking about, I get to be the one. I get to be the one to share God's Word tonight. Amen? And so I'm so excited to share with you. Last week we began our new series called Seriously. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about getting more serious about our faith. Becoming more focused. Becoming more intentional in our walk with God. As we think about that together today, I want to ask you a question. When do we usually get serious about something? The answer is when we have to. Amen? We don't get serious about our health until we have to. And there's a problem. We don't get serious about our marriage many times until we have to. And it's falling apart. We don't get serious about our finances until we have to and we're short on money. We don't get serious about our addictions until we lose our job, until we lose our family, or maybe even we lose our freedom. And so often, we don't get serious about our faith, amen, until we have to. For whatever reason, sadly, that's just the way it is, isn't it? We aren't inclined to make changes and to seek improvement in areas of our lives until someone or something comes along and forces us to do it. And by the way, I would just say to you, if that's the reason that you are at that place right now, if that's the reason that you are ready to get serious about your faith, if, if it's because of some crisis that you can't handle, or if it's because of, of some decision that you're being forced to make, and you're not sure what to do, if that's the case, please do not feel bad about that. Amen? Do not feel guilty about that. Sure, we all wish we made better choices during better circumstances. Amen? We all wish we, we did the right things at the right times before we were in those situations. And God does want us more and more to grow into making those good choices. But if this challenging time has brought you to a point where you're realizing, I need God, and I don't care who knows it, praise God you got to that point. Amen? Today we are picking up where we started in that series, and we're going to turn to a passage that means so much to me. In fact, it is one of a couple of verses that I keep on my desk in my office. And I want to talk with you in Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, about getting serious about the Word of God. Ezra 7, verse 10. The Bible says, For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. As we read those words, God, I believe, wants to use those words to challenge us to get serious about our faith, particularly to get serious about God's Word. And the first thing that really jumps out from that one verse so much is this. We need to decide that God's Word is in fact critical for our lives. Write that down. We need to make a decision today that God's Word is absolutely critical for our lives. As we read that verse in Ezra chapter 7 verse 10, we're reading about a man named Ezra, 
And around, uh, give or take a, a couple of years, around 450 B.C., God had raised Ezra up to help the, the people of Israel as they were coming back out of captivity in Babylon. They were coming back to Jerusalem to rebuild their city, to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And if you're familiar with, uh, with uh, Jewish history, this would be Zerubbabel's temple that was built in around 500, 450 or so B.C. All of this activity was happening. And so the people were coming back from Babylon kind of in waves. And, and Ezra was part of helping God raise him up to lead back the second wave of people about 60 years after the first wave of people had come back to begin rebuilding. And God was going to use this man to bring about a great revival amongst his people. And I can't help but read those words and think about what God is doing in our area as well. Amen? We believe God wants to use us to bring about a revival amongst our people. Amen? So God raised up a man with the same kind of heart that we have here. And I want you to notice the decision that he made in Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, the first part of that verse. And that decision was about the Word of God. The Bible says that Ezra set his heart to study it and to practice it and to teach it. It means he made a firm decision. He fixed his heart. He prepared his heart. I'm just giving you different translations to give you different nuances. He, he arranged the affairs of his heart. He ordered his heart in such a way he directed his heart towards something. Ezra made a clear choice a resolute decision in his life. Ezra said, from this point forward, God's word is going to be critical in my life. And that's exactly the decision that I believe that God is calling us to get serious about in our lives as well. Let me give you some biblical teaching that will help you hopefully make that decision as well. The Bible says that God's word is absolutely necessary for us. Write that down. God's Word is absolutely necessary for our lives. Psalm 119, verses, verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet. Now, now, get that picture. Your Word, God's Word, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. By the way, Psalm 119 is uh, the longest chapter in the Bible. And every verse in Psalm 119, with the exception of one or two of those verses, has a reference to the Word of God. You think God might be trying to tell us His Word's important? Your Word is a lamp to my feet. It is a light to my path. What is that saying? God's Word gives us clear direction for our lives, right? It's a very simple uh, but, but very clear picture that He's given. I'm walking through life. How do I know which way to go? Amen? Anybody ever ask that? How do I know? How do I know what decisions to make? How do I know what choices to make in life? The Bible says God's Word is absolutely necessary to give us that direction. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13 say this, For the Word of God is living, and it is active, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. You can almost just see our lives opening up physically and spiritually and through this this language of both joints and marrow 
and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Can anybody say amen? God's word is powerful, amen? God's word is alive. It is active. God's word is able to reach the very depths of my heart. I can put up walls, I can put up layers, and I can trick even the closest people to me, but God's word slices through all of that like warm butter, amen? And just like Josh shared just a moment ago, we can be hearing God's word, and we can say the rest of y'all may as well go home because this one's all about me, amen? This is, the spotlight has been turned on me. We absolutely need God's word in our lives. Write this down. We are desperate for it. Do you believe that? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus, when he was being tempted by the enemy, it says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Man does live by bread. We need physical sustenance. But man does not live on bread alone. Think about how powerful this statement is that Jesus is making. He's not saying, you know, it's nice to read the Bible. He's not saying, you know, it's good to hear God's word every once in a while. He is saying that just as real, and y'all have heard me say before, I'm pretty serious about food, amen? I get up in the morning, I'm like, everybody, get out of the way, give me a potato chip, a bagel, or something. I got to eat, I mean, it's been 12 hours since I've eaten, it's time to go, amen? Jesus said, his word is that critical, but man does not live by that alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He was quoting the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 3. Friends, do we believe that? Do we believe that? Do we believe I cannot make it if I am not hearing from God? Do you believe that? Y'all have heard me say before, when I wake up in the morning, I don't like to see anybody before I spend time with the Lord because I'm ill. I, I'm, I, I'm, I get nervous. I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm not a very good person until God works in my life. Amen? He said, Pastor Robbie, I thought you were all nice. No, I'm not. I'm a sinner. And I wake up ready to sin again. And I'm nervous to talk to anybody else because I need God. I'm not ready. I can't make it. Do you believe that? I cannot exist without hearing from God regularly. We need it often. We need it daily. You see, Ezra knew the truth that is found in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. The Bible says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. Now listen to that. The Bible says that faith or trusting God, knowing God, walking with him, which is my greatest need in life, right? My greatest need in life is knowing and following God. The Bible says that that can only come when I am hearing from God. So listen to this. I can't trust what I have not heard, right? I can't make a decision to follow what I am not aware of. So I need to hear the word of God in order to trust God. And yet one study showed that less than 20% of believers read the Bible every day. Now listen to this. About 25% of those of us who claim to be followers of Christ never read the Bible at all. 
That doesn't sound like Matthew 4, 4, does it? That doesn't sound like I can't exist without God's Word. Someone said, how often do we need God's Word? Well, how often do we face problems? How often do we face temptations or pressure every day? How often do we need instruction? How often do we need guidance or greater encouragement? How often do we need to see God's face, hear His voice, feel His touch, know His power? The answer to all these questions is the same. Every day. Someone else said, a man, listen to this. Listen to how real this makes it for us. A man can no more in one day take in a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough in one day to last him for the next six months. Or take sufficient air into his lungs at one time to sustain his life for a week. We must draw upon God's boundless store of grace. You tell me how long? Daily, amen? We must draw upon God's boundless store of grace daily just as we need it. Friends, we're talking about getting serious in our relationship with God, and I'm just trying to help us to see that we will never truly see life change that we want and that we need until we believe and decide that God's Word is absolutely critical for our lives. Amen? But as you read that verse, the Bible says that Ezra made that decision, but he made it in a very specific direction. The Bible says, For Ezra had set his heart, so he made a clear decision. Is God calling you to make a decision right now? Then I'm going to get serious about God's Word. And Ezra did that in a very specific, focused way. Write that down. We need to read it like we need it. Ezra made a decision about God's Word. And that decision was, I'm going to study the Word of God. That word study means to seek something with care. To investigate or to look into something. To inquire about something. To look at something with the intention of getting direction from it. What did Ezra do? He googled the Word of God, right? He needed some direction. And he googled. He says, what am I supposed to do? God, I want to understand your will and your ways. Why would we want to study God's Word? Several thoughts jump out to me as I look at Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. First of all, because we love it. Because we love God's Word. As I think about that, I think about Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. It says, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became for me a joy and the delight of my heart. Listen to this. For I have been called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Wow. Jeremiah, listen, before he loved the Word, what did he love? Who did he love? He loved the Lord, amen? Jeremiah loved the Lord. And he loved the Lord so much that God's Word was a delight to him. He loved to hear from God. Can I ask you a question? Do you love to hear from God? Do you love to be exposed to God's Word? Do you take as many opportunities as you can get to hear from God? Whether that's weekend worship, whether that's spending your own quiet time with God in the morning, whether that's listening to a podcast or the radio or TV or going to a growth group or being discipled by someone else. Or there's even people in our church family that are taking classes taking Bible classes because, number one, they feel like God's calling them to serve Him in some special ministry, but there are people taking classes just because they love God. And they want to grow in His Word. Many of those things I just talked about are are in that process that we 
talk about so often here at New Hope called the journey. If you look at that journey, so much of it revolves around being exposed to the Word of God. Now, to be honest with you, there have been times in my life, if I'm being really honest, that I don't know if I could be described as loving God's Word. As hungry. Anybody else? Do you ever go through drives, periods? Do you ever even kind of feel like you go through almost... I think we should stop short of saying dark in a sense because we can never be truly overcome by darkness. But there is a sense where we go through dark periods, right? Do you ever go through periods like that? You know what? what? What really helps me to get back in that place of hungering for God is by faith reading that a follower of God would long for His Word, would love His Word, and even though I don't feel it sometimes, I by faith step towards that. Amen? The Bible challenges me. Robbie, you're not feeling it right now, but come towards that because that's what I want you to have in your life. And I hope that speaks to somebody here right now. We study it to seek God's heart in it. We study God's Word because we love it, but we study it because we want to seek the heart of God in His Word. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 13 and 14. God promises, you will seek me, And find me when you search for me with all your heart. Listen to this. I love verse 14, the first part. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? If you're sitting here right now saying, I want to know God. And I'm going to make a decision to seek Him. In fact, the word that's used here, that He studied the Lord's Word, is actually, can be translated literally, he, He sought the Lord. Okay, He was seeking the Lord in His Word. The Bible says if you make a decision that I'm going to seek God with my whole heart. I'm not talking about perfectly. I'm just talking about that your intention is I want to know God and I'm going to seek Him in His Word. The Bible, He tells you in verse 14, you will be found by me, declares the Lord. Isn't that awesome? I see some heads nodding, but it didn't sound awesome. Amen. I love it when God makes it kind of simple for me. Hey, Robbie, you can, you can know me closely or not. You have a decision to make. But if you make a decision that you want to know me closely, you will find me. You will be found by me. Isn't that awesome? It just makes it so simple for us. We just need to make that decision. That, to begin reading God's Word and seeking Him in it. We study God's Word because we learn from it. We study it because we love it. We study it because we're seeking God's heart in it. But because we learn things when we study God and we seek God in His Word. And, and the point is not just to read some words on a page to say we did it and we learned some information. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says this. All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Somebody has said, God has shown us what is right, what is wrong, how to get right, and how to stay right. Isn't that great? That's what I need, right? I need to know what's right, what's wrong, If I get out of right, how to get back right. And if I'm in a right place, how to stay in that place. Amen? We learn from God's Word, don't we? 
God teaches us what's right, what's wrong, how to get away from the things that would hurt us, and how to stay with the things that will help us. We study it because we use it. We'll talk about that more next. But I believe that God wants us to be like he described the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. It says, Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness. Haven't I described you like that before? Haven't I told you before that what a blessing it is when I'm preaching? I don't see this. What do you got for us this weekend? We'll see. You know what I'd say? I ain't going to say anything. I'm going home. If that's the way you're going to be, I don't have anything to say. You know what I see, though? I'm like, let's go. Amen? Let's go. We're, we're ready to do something, right? We're, we, we're, we're trying to live here. We're trying to learn. We want to use this. Why did the Bereans examine God's Word every day? Obviously, they wanted to know and follow the Lord. Listen, if you're looking at a fitness cookbook, you don't just peruse it. You try to understand the principles involved in what they're doing so that you can use it and you can use it well, right? We study God's Word because we love it, because we're seeking God in it, because we're learning from it, and because we need to use it. Before we move on, I want to just give you a few other things. How, how do we do that, though? How do I get the most out of God's Word? I'm just going to say this quickly, so get ready. We take the time. How do I study God's Word? You've got to take the time. Don't be in a hurry. Listen to this. God's work in us is more like a slow cooker than a microwave. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, that's typically how it is. So don't be in a hurry. Take the time. Secondly, have a plan. Decide where you're going to read from in God's Word. Maybe maybe it's a devotional book. I use a devotional book that kind of gives me some guidance. There's been other times in my life where, you know, I don't want a devotional book. I just want to kind of decide on my own where God's leading me. But you can go online or you can talk to others. Or, or, or Pastor Jeff is our discipleship pastor, any of our pastors. Other ministry leaders could give you some, maybe some pointers or some starting places. If you absolutely don't know where to start, a great place is the book of John. But have a plan. And then be consistent. Decide, I'm going to do it every day. You know, I've learned about prayer in general. Just do it every day. Just do it every day. Your family devotions, your personal devotions, just do it every day. Now, does that mean at Robbie's house, I'm cracking the whip every night? We got to get together. You know, we got to, no, I, I give grace. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But you know what? I have to lean towards do it rather than not do it because Robbie leans towards not do it, right? Be consistent. Take notes. Journal. Mark things. I know many of us use our phones a lot. And sometimes I use that for reading God's Word or for taking notes. But I want to encourage you to take notes. Maybe that's on your phone. And I'm not trying to be old school, but I take out my Bible and I mark things up and, and I make notes and I underline things and I go back and I look at those things and God speaks to me through that. However you do that, mark things down and then meditate on it. I don't know if you guys are like me, but here's what I do. It's kind of like I said, you know how I've told y'all before, I'll be praying over my cornflakes, you know, and all of a sudden I, I, I can't even remember if I prayed or not. Amen? I'm about to take a bite and I'm like, did I pray? And the Lord's like, well, that was really meaningful, right? 
Now, you, you don't even remember if you prayed. Well, sometimes I'll open up my Bible and I'll be reading in my quiet time and I, I can't even remember. I'm just like, da 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 And then I'm like, get up, I'm done. What was it about, Robbie? I have no idea. Amen. I was just glancing at, at symbols on a page. They meant absolutely nothing. It's, so many times the Lord says, Robbie, slow down and think about it. Meditate on it. Pray through God's Word. That's probably a month or two ago. I talked to you guys about praying through Scripture. Okay, so let's take John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him doesn't have to perish but can have everlasting life. Praise God. Amen? Okay, so how do you pray through Scripture? For God. Emphasize one word at a time. For God. And then just pray. Who is God? What is He like? For God so loved. What is God's love like? How has God's love impacted my life? How has that love that He's given to my life impacted the way I'm going to live today? For God so loved the world. What is my approach to the world? Am I one of those proud Christians that's looking down on everybody? Or am I trying to be God's servant to share and to serve the world around me? For God so loved the world that He gave. Am I a giver or am I a taker? Wow, thank you, God, that you gave. You gave first, and now I have a desire to give. Amen? Wow, Josh, thank you for sharing that example. God's work in our hearts is not about us. Primarily, it's about God working in us so He can work through us. For God so loved the world, you get it? So God so loved the world, He gave, and then you just continue on, and it just brings out Scripture in a way maybe that you've never thought of it before. Ask God to apply it to your day. As you're reading Scripture, connect it with your day. I will take out my phone with my calendar, or if you still use kind of the old school planner kind of thing, take out your calendar and just look at it as you're reading Scripture. Think about, okay, here's what God's speaking to me about. Now, what are the relationships that I have today? What are the appointments that I have today? What are the plans that I have today? How do those plans maybe need to be changed or adjusted based on what I just read in God's Word. Review it at the end of the day. We use our devotional, the, the, the thing that we're praying through in the morning, individually, we talk about at night. And so it helps me to review it. Maybe if you don't have family devotions or, you, or, or, or whatever, if you do it a different way, if you don't do that at night, maybe you'd stop at night and say, hey God, can you remind me what I read this morning so I can just kind of seal it even more. And that might be that point where you say, I can't even remember what I read. Amen? And the Lord helps you to strengthen that. And then lastly, memorize it. This is something that all of us struggle with, but we all need to grow in. We need God's Word at a moment's notice. Amen? You ever working on a project and you just don't have the right tool? I know there's one here somewhere in the world, but I don't have it. And yes, you can go get it. But it messes up the process a little bit, doesn't it? To have to stop and go get it. When God is doing something in you or through you, it's great to have it at that moment or it can lose its impact. Now, somebody says, whoa, y'all are serious around here. Whoa, well, yeah, didn't we say this seriously? seriously? Amen? <laughs> We're getting serious about our faith. Do you want to get serious? Then we make decisions, don't we? We said in the first series, discipline yourself, train yourself, exercise yourself. Don't feel that as a burden. Don't feel that as a hardship. Don't feel that as, oh man, you know. No, that's not right. That's not what God's saying. 
God's saying, see, I've said before you, life and death, choose life. I'm just trying to encourage you to choose life. There's so much for you. Third thing, we devote, uh, we, we decide to get serious about the Word of God. We study it, we read it like we need it, but number three, we live it out in our daily lives. Look what it says about Ezra. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it. Now, by the time we've gotten to this point, we've made some huge progress. Amen? I made a decision this weekend at church. You might say, I'm going to get serious about God's Word. That's a big step. You, you might say, you know what? I, I made a decision that I'm going to be spending more time in God's Word, more time exposed to God's Word, digging into it. But I've got to be honest with you, the enemy doesn't mind if we do both those things as long as we never put it into practice in our real life. Listen to some of what God's Word says about that. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hear the Word of God and observe it. Friends, this is a, an emphasis many times in God's Word. It is not enough only to be exposed to God's Word. Let me give you one that's even stronger than that. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. But prove yourselves, or give evidence of yourselves, as doers of the word, and not merely hearers, listen to this, who delude themselves. Wow. We can delude ourselves by being only hearers. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, for once he looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, God's word, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual, effective doer, this man, say that, this man will be blessed in what he does. It's not just the person who comes to church. It's not just the person who reads their Bible, who goes to their growth group, who listens to sermons on the radio all the time. It is not just that person who is blessed. It is the person who receives. So yes, I want to receive as much impact from God's Word as I can. But I can do that all day long. Listen, there are some of you who would say, what is wrong? I, I've made a decision to come to church every weekend. I've made a decision. I'm reading my Bible almost every day. I've made a decision. I've gotten consistent in being involved in a small group, in a growth group here in our church family, but something major is still missing. I want to ask you a question. You ready for it? Have you taken what you've heard in God's Word and begun to put it into practice in your life? With God's help, but have you begun to practice what you're hearing? It's amazing to me that we treat the Lord and His work so differently than other areas of our lives that are such common sense things. If you look up on Pinterest a recipe, if you look up a recipe, is the meal cooked yet? Can we sit down and eat? I went online and looked up a recipe. Good. Get the drinks ready. We're ready to eat. No. Just reading a recipe will not feed you. If your snowblower is broken and you watch a YouTube video about how to fix it, 
Is it fixed yet? The other day, we had a snowstorm. Or two, right? It was two snowstorms ago. I was snowblowing, and I was in trying to engage the clutch to get the wheels to move, and I found that it wasn't engaging. Well, I looked down, and the cable was loose. Now, the worst time to fix your snowblower, this was the one where the wind was blowing, and it was real cold. Not this last one. Thank the Lord. Before this last one, I got it fixed. But sure enough, I went online, and I saw that was my exact snowblower. I just looked up snowblower, um, cl uh, clutch cable, whatever the clutch, whatever, drive shaft, uh, cable loose. I just said that, and the guy popped up there, my exact snowblower, and in 30 seconds, I fixed it. I just went out there and just, I thought it might be broken. I thought I was going to have to open it up. You know, you got your gloves on. It's cold. I don't want to be out there. Do I have to break this thing down? Anybody feel my pain? Amen. I went out there, and all I did is what that guy said. And guess what? She's purring like a kitten. Amen. I mean, it, it took me 30, it took me 30 seconds to fix it. But if your snowblower is broken and you just saw that instructional video, that ain't going to help you out with the next snowstorm. Amen? You've actually got to use what you've been given. Friends, I'm not trying to get onto us. I believe, listen, I believe this is spiritual warfare. I believe that the enemy has blinded us to seeing what would be obvious in other areas of our lives. If you truly want your life to be changed, it's going to take more than watching an instructional video from God. It's going to take more than hearing a message from the Lord. You've got to take the information that you've been given and use it. Isn't it crazy? We know that. and You would never look up that recipe and say, oh, that's cool. Wasn't that a great meal? And say, what is wrong with you? Right? Go lay down. You've had a rough day. You, no, that is just starting so that we can actually do the thing we were supposed to do. God wants us to not just read His Word, but to live His Word. The amazing thing that's different about other areas of life, though, when you do God's instruction, you have the power of His Word. His Word is much more powerful than an instructional video. Amen? You have His Spirit working in you and working all over that situation. You have His people who will help you grow and stay strong. We're going to talk about accountability later in this series. And then you have His grace that does way more than you could have ever done just from an instructional video. Isn't that awesome? God is so good, amen? But we have to practice. The last thing is this. Ezra shows us, many times we would think that. i got to make a decision. I want to start being in God's Word, being exposed to God's Word. And then I'm going to start living it. And that's the end of the story. But that's not what he said. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it. And to what? Teach it. To share it. To preach it in Israel. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever really thought about this aspect of it quite this way until I was preparing for this message. Ezra's end goal was not that he would live for God just for his own life. His goal was that God would so work in him that God's word also would get out to others. In fact, if you look at Nehemiah chapter 8, 
If you move over to, this is the book of Ezra, the next book is Nehemiah. If you go to chapter 8, you will see that Ezra was used greatly by God to preach his word, to have one of the most powerful and impactful worship services ever. They had a revival. Don't you think the people said, thank you, Ezra? Thank you for sharing what God has given you. It's not just Ezra. If you look at the book of Acts, it's really incredible. We think about the book of Acts as the furthering of God's, the acts of the apostles. This is what they did. After God worked in their lives, this is how they spread the good news. And we typically think of that as spreading the gospel, spreading the good news of salvation, which that is absolutely true. But several times in Acts, it says, literally, they were spreading God's word. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, what did they do? They began to speak the word of God with boldness. Acts chapter 6, verse 7. The word of God kept on spreading. What spread? The word of God kept on spreading through them. And the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the religious leaders, the priests, the Jewish priests, were becoming obedient to the faith. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Therefore, those who had been scattered, listen, they were going through persecution they got chased out of their jobs. They lost their jobs. They lost their homes. They lost everything. They had to leave and go all over to different parts, different regions, different areas. And when they did, what did they do? When they were scattered, they went about preaching the word. In Acts chapter 13, verse 49. And the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region. Can I ask you a question? Has it gotten to that point for you? And I'm not talking about that you correct everybody on Facebook with how they think wrong or how sinful they are. I realize that Facebook and social media can be a good platform to share God's message, but many times people don't approach it in a very positive way. What I'm saying, though, is this. Have you gotten so serious about God's Word and what God has done in your life that you are now looking for ways actively to share his message with others. At work, at school, in our church family. Wouldn't it make sense? Hey, we're trying to go out into the world, but many times God brings people to us, right? Are you helping us to, to spread God's message through, through, through what we do here at New Hope, week in and week out? Are you considering ways that God wants to get his good news, his good message out to this world together with us. Let me just lay down this spiritual principle that seems to come out of God's word. Write this down. When God does his work in your life, that seldom was intended only for you. Wow. Again, thank you, Josh. Didn't you hear it? Didn't hear it. And Josh should be encouraged. The Holy Spirit is already leading him to do things Maybe before he knew, the Holy Spirit would lead him to do those kind of things. Isn't that encouraging? God is doing God things in me. Things that he says he would do in his word. God does do special things in me and for me. I understand that. But often, even if it was to bless or encourage or to help me, there is probably some way that God intended for that blessing to continue to others. I often think of dominoes falling. I want you to get that image in your mind. The work that God did. That one domino, that's me. 
That's me. And then I work in your life, and that's you. And then you work in someone else's life. In fact, I I remember last weekend, I I kept bringing up our our former pastor. And I don't know why God's put him on my heart. Maybe I need to, to call him and see how he's doing. But I was just thinking, listen to this. Did you know that our former pastor, he was a businessman. He was a very wealthy businessman working in corporate America. But he had some Christians who were working in his office. And they kept sharing Christ with him. They took what they were learning, what God was doing in their life, and brought it to work and shared with our pastor. And he came to know the Lord later in life. He, he, he had already gotten in a career and gotten his family established. And he came to know the Lord and God called him into ministry. And then he was used by God to work powerfully in my life. And then hopefully God's been using our lives to work in your life. Don't you see? It's like dominoes. And wouldn't you say to those people at our pastor's work, thank you guys. Amen? Thank you for starting the dominoes. And doesn't it make you want to see more? Isn't it contagious? I don't want it to stop. Amen? If I set up those dominoes, I'd want it to keep going as long as I could. And that's exactly what we ought to want to see in God's work. God, I want to make a decision that you're going to work in my life that I'm going to seek you, that I'm going to live for you. And God, would you please, if possible, and we know it is, it's his will, would you work through me to make an impact like that for other people? Amen? At least six times that I know of, in the book of Ezra, this statement is made. Some former fashion, it says the good hand of God was upon Ezra. Would you want that to be said about you and your life? The good hand of God was upon Ezra. Did you know that one of those instances is right before the verse we read in Ezra 7.10? Listen to what it says. The good hand of his God was upon him. For Ezra had set his heart. Wow. To study the law of the Lord and to practice it, and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. One of the reasons that God's hand was upon Ezra is because he had made a decision that God's word, he was going to get serious about that in his life. Have you made that decision? Have you made a decision? If so, when? When did you make that decision? When did you say, I'm going to get serious about God's word in my life? When did you make, if you didn't, would you make that decision right now? God, I don't even know what that means. And God, I can't do it. But from this point forward, would you help me to get serious about your word? Have you made a decision to get serious about seeking him in it? About finding God and his will for you daily? Have you made a decision to do that? Have you made a decision to spend time When? When did you make that decision? And if you haven't, would you make it right now? From this point forward, God, by your grace, with your help, I want to daily seek you in your word. Have you made a decision that I'm going to live this? By God's grace, amen? I'm going to live this stuff. What we're talking about. We don't want to be casual Christians. We don't want to be hypocrites for sure, amen? 
God, whatever we are learning together, I want to practice it. I want to live out what you've given me in your word. Have you made that decision? Many people negotiate. That's good, God. I agree with that. That's great. I'm going to get around to that. No. Have you made a decision? Starting now. If you haven't, would you make it right now? God, by your grace, with your help, I will live for you. I will get serious. It's not just good intentions. It's not just, we'll get around to that, but Lord, something's going to change. I don't know what it is. Something's going to change in my life. I ask you to change it. Have you made a decision that whatever comes in from God to me, that I'm going to find a way by God's grace to get it out? Amen? Many of us have never thought of that. Have you made a decision that God's going to work through you to get that word out to others? And you're going to be the next domino. And you're going to fall. And the person you're impacting... God's going to so work enough. Do you see how it works? God's so smart, amen? He's got a great plan if we will just follow it. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me for a moment. Have you made that decision? I'm going to get serious about God's word in my life. If you will, it will be one of the best decisions you've ever made in your life. You will look back and say, thank you, Lord, that I made that decision. Because God's word is powerful. It changes things. It changes you. It changes situations in your life. It changes people that you share it with. Would you say it? Don't be casual about it. Don't be half-hearted. Ezra set his heart. He made a decision. Would you literally say to God, God, starting today, with your help, I want to fill in the blank. By your grace, with your help. Father, I thank you that I know that I'm speaking to a room full of people who are hungry and open and willing. And I thank you that you are the faithful God. And you are meeting us exactly where we need to be met right this moment. You are changing things. You are changing hearts. You are changing families. You are changing trajectories of the generations to come by a young person who says, Yes, Jesus, I will be serious about your word from a youth from the, for the rest of my life, God. You'll help me, God. Dear God. Somebody who doesn't know how to raise their kids, Lord, you're going to give them a verse tomorrow morning when they wake up. And they're going to have direction for that day. And then they're going to get up the next day. And God, you're going to encourage them. And they're going to have direction for that day. Little by little, day by day, and even sometimes, even in big ways, some days, your word is going to change a family. Thank you, Lord. Help us to trust you. Help us to believe what you say is true. And Lord, if there's somebody here, like Josh, who's looking for hope, who's looking for help, who's looking for healing, who needs a Savior, and they know it, and they're willing to receive your gift, with that person right now, would you, friend, if you need the Lord, would you say, Dear Jesus, 
I know I need you. I thank you for bringing me here right now to hear how much you love me. And I thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sins. And I ask you to come into my life to forgive me and to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for saving someone's eternity tonight. Help us to take what we've learned and to live it and to share it. In Jesus' name, amen.